Welcome to episode 16 of After the Ninth. I'm Cass Patterson, and well, we took a couple of weeks off to debrief and relax and, you know, get our uh, thoughts back together. But it was a fun summer, to say the least. And now we're going to break it down into two episodes. So without further ado, we're going to take a look at the first half of the 2022 WPCA season. So back in May, the first full WPCA season in three years kicked off in Grand Prairie with the first GP stompede since 2019. Now, before the first horn sounded, I caught up with Grand Prairie's mayor, Jackie Clayton, and talked about what it meant to have not just the tour back, but the entire stompede event for the area. Jackie, this is the first GP Stompede, and when I calculated, it was over 1,083 days. Wow. What does it mean to have this back in the community, not only for morale, but also for the economy? Well, it's great to be back. Uh, Stompede is such an annual, an annual priority for our community. The community loves to put a hat on, put boots on, go out and watch the chuck wagon races or watch the rodeo, go on the rides, go eat fair food. But it's really more just about bringing people back together. We're super excited that it's, you know, the 45th annual Stompede. Um, It's an annual event that people have looked forward to and they've truly missed. And whether you're a, a cowboy or whether you're not, it's really a great place to learn about what happens at a rodeo learn a lot about chuck wagon races and just be together with our community. The economy across Alberta has suffered due to COVID. Uh, What is the influx? I know that Stompede has a great economic uh, footprint for you. So what do you expect to see maybe from this coming forward? Well, as being the first uh, rodeo event of the season, we know that people are really eager, but any event such as Stompede that comes to our region, we're very grateful. Tourism is a driving force in our region and also it really just brings um, to light the things we were missing as a community. One of the things with the the economy with tourism is that it's very subtle. So you may come and you may be somebody who goes camping, but you're going to get gas at the gas station or you you forgot, you know, you didn't buy enough milk, so you go to the grocery store. Or maybe it rains and you forgot your raincoat. So the tourism impact of any event is significant in our community. And we know that the Stompede community really supports the communities that they go to. So we're really just thankful for everything they do. What's your favorite part of Stompede? Well, I have to say chuck wagons. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge chuck wagon fan. I really just love the excitement of it. Uh, and also, it's great to get out and do a couple rides. I'm not a big ride person, but it's just really fun to be, you know, on the smaller rides and uh, out there with my kids, having a corn dog, whatever it is. But I really love the chuck wagons. I'm really looking forward with the first race of the season. You know, these guys are eager to go and they're just pumped up for the weekend. So we're extremely excited uh, to be out there this weekend. I'm also hosting uh, 20 mid-sized city mayors from across Alberta Friday night out at Stompede. So I'm just giving them the first glance and their first opportunity to see what we're all about. The first horn sounded for the 2022 season on Thursday, May 25th, with 44 drivers competing for the Stompede Championship. Grand Prairie was the first show back for drivers like Mark Sutherland, Vern Nolan, Jason Glass, and Cody Makura. Stompede was also the first show of the new permit driver system on the WPCA, which brought drivers like Logan Gorst, Kale Lajeunesse, Brad McMahon, and Jamie Labakine over for four days. The permit driver system also brought Rick Fraser out of retirement for four days and gave Cruz Benzmiller the opportunity to start his wagon career on the WPCA circuit. 
two permanent driver names that are familiar that you will hear quite a bit over the next two episodes are Ray Crotto Jr. and Ross Knight. So after the first night of racing, we talked with Jason Glass, who came in second on the day after two years off. So after two years of, uh, I guess, living a different life during the summer, uh, what is it like to be back? It's great. Um, it was nice having a couple of years off. I've been doing this my whole life. So, you know, I think it was it was great for myself and uh, my family to have a couple of years off and uh, and do other things. Uh, you know, we still trained horses both years during the spring. I just never did uh, physical, physically uh, compete in the wagon races. So, um, you know, it feels great to be back uh, to see everybody again. and. Uh, you know, to do what I love and, and uh, train horses and, you know, actually be on the racetrack. So, yeah, very excited to, to keep going and, uh, and have a great summer. Before we get into your run last night, uh, last year you got to be a spectator on the side and you got to watch it in High River. What was that like? <laughs> uh, to watch the races in High River, High River was uh, quite painful, actually. Um, I went to Chance Vegan's barn and helped him, so, so that was good. And... Um, it, it was just good to see some of the guys again and, and have my kids and, and my wife Brian to, you know, to get back around uh, some people that they haven't seen in a long time too. So, um, but to watch the wagon races and not be on the racetrack, uh, it was it was very difficult. So, um, High River is the only show I attended last summer, and, and uh, that was enough. So, I'm, I'm uh, as ready as I uh, can be and uh, look forward to the races. Last night you had a really good run, you were in uh, the top two and uh, it's your first time back out since uh, 2019. So how did that feel and kind of what was the team like last night? Uh, it, it felt good to get back on the on the racetrack. You, you never know, uh, you know, the first show of the year every year. You, you don't really know where you're at as far as training or, or the fitness level of these horses. So, so last night was a positive start. Uh, the horses... Um, they worked great. Um, I had uh, three veterans on there and my right-hand wheeler named Nova. That was his uh, first race ever. So he was a rookie and, and he handled the pressure good and, and, and seemed to run pretty good too. So um, it was nice to get that first race out of the way and, and I was very happy with the boys. What are you uh, kind of looking forward to the rest of the summer, I guess, besides running and uh, seeing, I know you have a few new horses that uh, Brian's told me are some good prospects. So. Yeah, we, we have a lot of new horses with us. I think there's uh, 12 new ones here out of the bunch. So, you know, that, that's a lot. I normally bring three or four new ones. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of trial and error. Um, I think every night's going to be a little different. You know, I, I want to be competitive and, and go out there and run clean and, and fast. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward tonight to tonight and beyond that, uh, you know, I really don't know. So for me, it's going to be day to day. And, uh, you know, I have a great sponsor, Birchcliff Energy, and <clears throat> got my family with me. And, the, you know, the kids, uh, they're going to have a blast with all their friends around here. And so really, it's just uh, day to day. I'm not looking uh, any further than tonight. Um, I can't wait to get back out on the racetrack and uh, see what this next outfit will do for me. Is this the most you've had since probably one of your rookie seasons for new horses? Um, it is. I norm normally buy, you know, eight to ten new ones a year, um, but I don't necessarily bring them with us. So this year I, I brought pretty much the whole, <laughs> the whole farm, and uh, 
So there's a lot of training to be done. Uh, you know, there's going to be lots of ups and downs, and uh, just hopefully there's more positives than negatives. And uh, you know, we'll just uh, we'll put as much work in as possible and uh, and see what happens. After the first two nights of racing, a familiar name that Wagon fans have not heard in well six years was sitting atop of the standings as Ray Crowder Jr. was making the badass rainbows comeback known. All right, Ray, so it has been two nights of being back. What's it been like? I've been kind of like in my own little world, I guess. I don't know. It's uh, You're kind of parked over away from everybody here. Um, yeah, I just focus on my own stuff, focus on my barn. I kind of feel like I'm the only one out there. You know, some most the last two nights, honestly, feel like I'm the only one in the race. And then you get out into the backstretch and you're making your game plan or, you know, you're trying to decide what to do. To hit the finish line first so yeah just keeping it simple you know keeping a clear mind has anything changed in the past six years i don't think so <laughs> it's the same same game you just maybe you uh, grew up a little bit maybe you're a little more focused um, your passion's always been there and, and now you've had a break so you can kind of reinvest it but when you're reinvesting now coming back after six years, I think you're, you double down, like you're putting everything you got into it because being away from it, you you know, you kind of realize what you miss and what you loved about it. So when you do get a chance to come back, you're, you're, you're gonna work 10 times as hard, right? Any horses surprising you out there that you didn't expect to be the all-stars? You know what? Um, we got a pretty deep barn and, and that's uh, no, it had nothing to do with me. Um, we bought BJ Carey's outfit and he had a good group of horses there and we just trained them. And uh, we moved a couple around, but nothing really too drastic. And, and uh, uh, I guess the kudos goes to BJ and Kim and their barn and their training and stuff. And we're just able to, to drive the horses and put them out there to succeed. And, you know, we do got some nice new ones working good. and. Um, you know, a lot of help come from Lane Bremner too, off uh, the, through the off season and through the winter, because we there's a lot of changes in our lives the last couple, you know, probably six eight months here between moving and buying horses and then not having anywhere for them to go because we hadn't bought a farm yet. And um, Lane was, you know, gracious enough to say bring him to his house and he wintered him basically. So yeah, it's it's been a real kind of group effort and been good any game plan for the rest of the weekend you know just just consistency i've talked about it before and that's kind of my downfall maybe in the past but i didn't have a barn uh i think ever this good that i could be consistent every night so you're you just want to be steady make good decisions don't take risks um just get get to the last night they're fit they, we had a good spring and we put some pretty good miles on and pushed up, pushed them a bit to, to get them as hard as they are. And then, you know, we can rotate and dominate now because we have the depth. And, uh, it, it, when, you're, when you're sitting first, you gotta be on your game a hundred times more because you got 44 other drivers chasing you, right? So everything you do, you have to be extra consistent and extra diligent to and then mindful to the horses and and don't miss anything because there's guys that are hungry and want to come chase you down
The thing about Grand Prairie is that it really is a wagon community and it's wagon country with a number of our drivers coming from around the GP area. But there's still quite a few outriders who are also from around that area as well. And for some like Ben McLennan, this is their first time riding in front of a hometown crowd. So right before a storm hit, we decided to you know talk about that. And instead of getting caught in the rain, we decided that we were going to duck into the Drager barn to chat about how he felt about his first hometown show. Ben, uh, this is the first time you're at your home show, I guess. So how's it been the first three nights? Uh, good. It's been good. They've been running good. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, staying clean. What made you decide to be an outrider? Uh, I had a friend that kind of got me into it just out of the blue. We were just hanging out one day and started jumping. and. Away we went. Originally you were supposed to be with the WCA, that was, they were going to introduce our riders and then that turned into the WPCA, so uh, kind of what have you learned from last year to this year and making yourself better? Uh, just staying more calm, not getting worried about it, just go out there and do your thing, just don't overthink of it. Who's been your biggest mentor? Lane McGilvery probably be the one that's helped me out the most when it comes to riding, I would say. Do you have a favorite horse to ride? Yeah, uh, Outlandos, the stove horse. He's my, my boy. What makes him so special? Uh, we got to learn together, I guess. So it was just, he learned when I learned. We both messed up together, so here we are. <laughs> so Grand Prairie truly was a show of first, with rookie permit driver Cruz Benzmiller winning his first day money on night four with a 117.45 finishing 92 one hundredths of a second ahead of the next wagon, which was Chance Vegan, who ran a 117.96. Cruz, after uh, last night, how are you feeling today? I feel pretty confident now. <laughs> it was a good change to how my weekend started, and uh, I'm pretty happy with it. You uh, didn't miss the track time this weekend. Uh, how do you think that helped you in you know, leading up to yesterday? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I got my confidence back, and uh, Uncle's been, you know, He's been behind me every step of the way, him and Buddy and Chance, and got me hooked up with some pretty nice horses, some nice old boys that just do their job. And, and yesterday I, I sat up and drove them like I'm supposed to, so it made a big difference. How did you feel coming around that fourth turn? Were you uh, second? I was excited. I, was, I remember I was gritted my teeth. I was so excited and I was just pumped. I was just, you know, it was a good feeling to be out in front and actually be penalty free and, uh, and get day money. What was the feeling like when you came back to the bar and what was said? Everybody's just glowing, you know. Kurt was pumped, you know, he was just freaking psyched. He was more excited than I was, I think. And, and Chance was good too. He came over, he gave me a big hug, and it was pretty cool. You uh, had a pretty good sponsor here in uh, Grand Prairie. Mm -hmm. uh, how did that feel? It was great. You know, I went to the tarp sale and never actually drove a real race and ended up selling for pretty high. And, and Reagan Wise is a great guy, you know, with Farm Boys Oilfield there. I was just happy uh, I got him, and I happy, I'm happy I got him a day money last night. What is the difference between actually running in the WPCA compared to, you know, how you started two years ago? Yeah, I started two years ago. We called it the Res Tour. It was during the COVID season, and uh, and there was only, I think I was only hooked with me, myself, and maybe one other guy, you know. So there's lots of room on the track. He kind of just barreled out and went. And, and here with the four guys, you got to pay attention. you got to come to the bottom, of, you know, and be in your lane. and. And there's a lot more going on, you know, like it's uh, it's pretty crazy. After five days of racing, Kirk Sutherland won the aggregate title at his hometown show, while Doug Irvine would win the championship dash against Sutherland, Chad Fike, and permit driver Kale Lajeunesse. 
After the win in Grand Prairie, the next stop actually coincidentally was Irvine's hometown show in Bonneville. All right, Doug, so you won last weekend and then you're now at your hometown show. Um, kind of, how does it feel coming into this one? Um, well, pretty good. It's a uh, little added pressure being in front of the hometown. Um, they're, uh, it's a, they, they always draw good here. It's big crowds and uh, I, I get a lot of support here. So it's, uh, it's a little more pressure to do better and it's my longtime sponsor, BNR Eccles, that has me here. So. I really want to uh, really want to perform for them if I if I can. So hopefully everything rolls the right way and we have a good show in here. What horses are you kind of leaning on going into this show, or is it just all of them? Uh, kind of all of them. They, they I got two outfits uh, that uh, both banged in. They're pretty solid up up in Grand Prairie, and so they're they're mostly. I got one new one and and uh, in there, and then some some of the older seasoned guys are going and so it's uh it, it looks good you have a really uh, strong barn crew behind you and uh, a lot of support so how does that help you as you go into these shows well everybody buys in and really works hard right from friends in the spring that are there helping you hook and, and uh, even other wagon drivers that come and help hook and, and then the kids and, and my family are, of course, everybody of every outfit are they're huge parts of the operation. And um, when your when your crew gets as excited or more excited than you when you have a good run, it uh, adds to your incentive to do well. I think. One of the unique things along the wagon trail is the different events that happen in the communities that we visit. In Bonneville, one of those events was the chili cook-off put on by the Bonneville Chamber of Commerce. We talked with Megan Whitefield at the event to learn more about how it supports and gives back to the community. So tell me a little bit about the Bonneville Chamber of Commerce Chili Cook-Off. Yeah, so this is an event we host every year in partnership with the Bonneville Egg Society when they bring uh, the rodeo and the chuck wagons to town. So it's a great kickoff to the rodeo and chuck wagon weekend. So what does the chili cook-off do and what what are we seeing in terms of you know the support of businesses that? yeah for sure so everyone gets involved um, it brings camaraderie team spirit um, it just brings our local businesses together for a fun competition to just have fun raise money for the SBCA and just come on out during the wagons and the rodeo what do you see in terms of you know economics in the town oh by bringing the rodeo and chuck wagons to town it's like a huge economic um, influx for us all the restaurants the hotels all the sponsorships everyone has come together to support the community in this event so it's really great to see how many years has this been going on I myself have been planning this for 13 years I think it's over 15 years now so yeah long time after three days of racing in Bonneville, we ended up talking with Cruz again, which, side note, after this interview, I might have posted on my own personal page, that unless he set a track record at the next stop, I was taking a slight break from interviewing him. <laughs> but he achieved two driving milestones in his first two shows. He won his first day money in GP and ended up in the top four in Bonneville, along with Chance Vlad, Chance Vegan, and Wade Salmond. Now, this was the first dash for three out of the four of these drivers, with Vegan having been in the dash in 2021. But anyways, let's get back to 2022. 
All right, Cruz, you've uh, had a better showing here in Bonneville than uh, you did in GP to start. Uh, what changed from one show to the next? I think I got my confidence back. You know, that day money and uh, GP sure helped, and, and the horses are working good, and I'm starting to work good with them, so starting to prove it. Yesterday, you were just outside of a spot, and then uh, you went into your heat, and it was you and Chance Vlad who were both kind of competing for that next spot, and then you both got in. Mm. What was that reason? What was in your mind when you went in? Um, well, I thought I could have caught him at the wire. Like the other day, I, he beat me by 3-100, so today I was focusing on uh, turning him loose at the right time, and, and I was just kind of, he got me again, so. But uh, Uncle Kurt, you know, he said, uh, well, we weren't sure if we were going to make it or not because I was supposed to beat Chance Flad to be in the dash, right? And But then I got back at the barns, and as the times were going on, it was like, holy man, we might actually be able to do this. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was nice. Uh, how did you feel when you found out that you were making it into your first dash and your second show? It was awesome. I remember Uncle Chance, he come running over here and grabbed me a beer, and he gave me a pat on the back and said congratulations, and it was good. So last year, Chance won this show for Kurt, mm -hmm. and this year, neither of them are in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, do, do you feel like you have a little bit to live up to? Yeah, it's special, you know, I get to kind of fall on their tracks, and they're excellent teachers, right? So it's, it's great. What barrel are you hoping to go off of? Well, I think like everybody else, I think we want the one barrel tonight. <laughs> but other, if it's not the one, it'll be the two or three or four. So. Do you have an outfit that you plan to use either way tonight? I feel like I have a one outfit that I'm going to use no matter what, no matter which barrel. They're just kind of versatile. You can go wherever you want with them. And what makes them so special? Uh, they just do their job. They, when the horn goes, they're not super like jumping back and forth. They just go up nice, and it makes life a lot easier when they're doing that. Go to the top straight. And Has anyone given you a piece of advice yet? Uh, just to be relaxed, not overthink it, and not overdrive. You just go out there and let them float around and let them do their job. The Bonneville Dash had some excitement of its own, with Wade Salmon having had some equipment issues before the horn. If you want to see a really unique perspective of the race, go check out Kurt Benzmiller's racing page on Facebook and watch his live of that heat. At the end of the day, Chance Vegan took home the Bonneville Championship. After Bonneville, the next stop on the WPCA Tour was Medicine Hat. And Medicine Hat is where I talked to Chad Fike for the first time about the big team. Four horses who would be a topic of conversation with Fike for the rest of the season. You've had a pretty good first uh, two shows and now we're heading into the third show. And night one you ended up in the top three. Uh, what... What have you kind of focused on going into the season? Uh, I haven't really changed anything. I maybe changed a little bit how I trained this spring and uh, just put some outfits together that have been working pretty good and we've had some good luck so far. What team are you finding is kind of like your go-to right now? Uh, I got four horses there. I just kind of put all the chargiest, fastest horses together on one outfit there and uh, it's the outfit we used in the Dash in Grand Prairie is Cowboy Legend, Bro, and uh, Rocco are the four horses' names there. And uh, yeah, they've they've been working well for me all year. Are they a team that you can kind of put on any barrel? Or? Uh, I wouldn't probably take them off the four barrel, but I've taken them off every other barrel. Um, the only reason we took them off three was because we were in the Dash in Grand Prairie, and that's the barrel we drew. But uh, other than that, they're just kind of a one-two barrel outfit. What is different about running three wagons here compared to four wagons anywhere else? Uh, it's well on this track being it's just a half mile it's a little smaller tracks so we can't fit four wagons so obviously there's less wagons when you're race driving out there but uh, 
all in all, things don't change a whole lot. After four days of racing in Medicine Hat, Chris Molly won his first championship of the season on Father's Day, no less, with his son Caden Molly riding behind him. We caught up with Molly a little later on in the season to chat about this win. Now, after Medicine Hat, the next stop was three days in Dewberry. Between Dewberry and Grand Prairie, there is a slight debate about which is the truck waking capital of Alberta. I am not weighing in on this. But all debating aside, the first night in Dewberry ended up being cancelled due to the rain. Now this ended up being the only rain out of the season, but it was not a decision that was taken lightly. Driver Lane McGilvery explains why. Uh, just uh, basically safety concerns and I mean also for the crowd too. I mean, you know, the, the weather we had and, and uh, the day didn't look very well for us. so. We just made that decision this morning. You know, the racetrack definitely needed a, a day to try to get better for the horses and for us. And, and uh, so we made that decision early this morning. For someone who would look and say, okay, they've ran in Calgary where it's rained before, uh, what are the main safety concerns for a wet track like that? Uh, just same as same as wherever, Calgary. It doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, you just, you have to make the right decision for, for horses, for people, for, you know, the committee involved everybody you know you want to make it fair for fair for everybody and safe for everybody so you know you make those decisions as as the day comes and and uh you know this morning when we got up it was still raining and probably rained well over an inch i'm thinking uh don't know for sure but uh yeah the, the racetrack was a bit of a concern if we run on it today then we're probably going to wreck it for the committee for the next couple days so we made that decision to try to get two good days out of it and uh, go from there. Everyone was happy and, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty easy decision on this one. How do the horses do when it's wet like this and muddy like this? Not on the track, but just in general? Uh, I mean, they're, they're like us. They don't like it any more than we do, so. But they're, they're pretty comfortable in their barns here. They're dry, over, dry on their backs and everything, so they're happy with that, that's for sure. Their feet are a little wet, some of them this morning, but <laughs> it could always be worse, so. Day two saw the entire Dewberry community come out and celebrate with a parade through the town. At the end of the day, Roy Romano's wagon, driven by Evan Salmon, would win the Dewberry Championship, teeing everyone up for the Pinocchio Stampede and the Calgary Stampede. Now, we're going to take a slight look back to May, though, where at the Pinocchio Stampede tarp sale, they sold two tarps for the wildcard spots. Now, the wildcard spots were for the two top permit drivers who would round out the 36 competitors that would compete at the Stampede. Those two drivers ended up being Ross Knight and Ray Crotto Jr. See, told you you'd be hearing those names a lot. Now, some might remember our guest on After the Ninth back on episode 15, but before any action started in Pinocchio, we got to talk to Jim Harbage again, and this time it was about the upcoming five days. All right, Jim, so uh, we're finally here. We've talked about it before, and now uh, the best part of the summer for you guys is uh, upon us. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Just everything. It's uh, it's the busiest part of our summer, too, and uh, we're just looking forward to seeing the crowds get into it. Um, 
we know all the wagon drivers have prepared a lot for this and we're just ready to race. So uh, you guys uh, kind of learned from last year and are bringing back uh, the Wild West. Uh, so uh, what does that entail later this week? So on Saturday night we'll have the, <clears throat> the PBR immediately following the tech wagon races and uh, it just worked so well in September that we figured we'd just add another bonus into what is already a pretty busy week for everybody but just appeals to a different crowd and we're hoping to get some new fans involved in wagons and the PBR. You have two current reigning Noka Stampede champions, one who didn't run last year. So are we uh, expecting some tough competition this year? I think it's going to be really tough to figure out who's going to come out on top. I think everybody's prepared. Uh, everybody wants to know how the wagons that took the year off are going to come back here. And uh, you know, we've got a, a long race meet to figure out who's going to be the champion. But uh, I think it's going to be tougher than, uh, than people expect. But the best wagon always wins in Pinocchio. Night one in Pinocchio saw Mark Sutherland finish with the second fastest time, 16 one-hundredths of a second behind Chance Vegan. What was kind of your thought process going into that run versus, you know, uh, the other three shows we've been to? Well, you know, I was I was happy that at least the track was dry. We haven't had the greatest tracks uh, just because of the weather, you know, on and off. Um, uh, it's been a wet spring for everybody, so, you know, I was happy the track was dry and reasonably fast. My horses generally like a faster track, so although you're not going to, you know, break any track records at 116 flat in Pinoka, it's it's uh, certainly better than running a 120, you know, that we had in some of the other shows. So, um, you know, that's supposed to be my my good outfit. Um, I booked him a couple times in Medicine Hat together. Uh, and, and I got a second and a third, and last night I got a second. So, you know, the good ones are supposed to run hard when you put them together and you give them the right barrel and you drive correctly. And uh, so I got lucky and did all those things. And unfortunately, it was just a little bit slow, didn't win day money. But, um, you know, it was a good run, and, and I expected it. And if I would have been anything less than, you know, maybe top five, I would have been, you know, seriously disappointed. You, you kind of have to, at these big shows like Pinocchio, you kind of have to make your time up on, you know, on, on one and two, and that's where you seat yourself high, and then you need to steal a run on either three or four. And you'll see some of the guys did that, and uh, that's why they're going to be tough, and they're going to be in the finals, I would assume, semifinals. And hopefully I can do that. You you talked about that team. Uh, Vlad is on that team, and he's a horse that gets a lot of recognition in your barn. Yep. Uh, what makes those horses so special? Well, it's interesting. Uh, Vlad's a great horse, and he has been uh, for a long time. He's a very powerful horse. He tries hard. He's a big, a big, thick, uh, um, strong animal, and he loves racing. I, I make a little bit worse of a barrel turn if I don't have his, his partner, the Grey Digger, with him. I've run him lots, and, and all spring, you know, Vlad has went, and so has Digger, and so has other all those horses have went. They just haven't all went together because I've been using them to teach other horses how to hopefully get to their level. And so that's why they haven't went together all year until Medicine Hat, and normally that's um, just kind of the way I do things. you got to give the rookies experience, um, and... For instance, you got to hook a horse with Vlad to see if he's going to ever learn and, and be able to keep up and, and improve or help Vlad. And he's just one of the big, strong horses that people notice. I have some great horses, and when I put them together and I don't make mistakes, uh, they do they do well. You know, and, and, and that's that's the beauty of it. If you got those superstars and uh, you know you get lucky enough that you don't slow them down, then you you end up in the top couple of wagons. Night two of the Pinocchio Stampede, though, saw Jordy Fike make his way into the top two of the aggregate standings, starting his best show of the season to date. 
you had a pretty good run going into the top four and then you ended up being top two in the aggregate. What has been different this show? Um, not a whole lot's been different. Uh, we've been lucky with a uh, nice racetrack in heat four. Uh, Mother Nature helped us out last night and I've kind of put a couple outfits together that I haven't, haven't really had them together yet all year. So I put them together for the next couple shows here and uh, it's paying off so far. Pinocchio is a pretty special show for a lot of guys. Uh, what makes this such a great show? Uh, just a first class show uh, for a town this size to put on a show of this scale. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, treated well here and it's just a nice atmosphere. Now, one of the great things about the sport of wagon racing is it isn't over until it's over. The race isn't over in the barrels. There are still four turns of competition plus the home stretch. Don't have a good night or show? That's okay, there's still plenty more ahead of you, especially at this point in the season. And Kurt Benzmiller is the first one to say this. So you're currently sitting first in the aggregate um, after three nights of racing. What has been successful to you find this show? Uh, we've just been in a good heat. So we followed Vegan a couple nights and he's really been running and the other guys are all barreling. So at least if you're in them heats where guys are running and barreling, no matter what position you are, you're, you're fast. Staying clean is probably a big part of it as well. Uh, clean's always a big thing. It always knocks guys out as the week goes on uh, here in Panoka, those six days, so it means a lot. And then when you get to Calgary, it's even more important to stay clean. What is kind of the mindset going into the 16 days? Because Panoka's a big show, and then everyone knows Calgary's a big show. Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't change. I mean, the whole the whole year we go to all them shows, and you try to win every show you go to, and they're all important. But obviously, with Panoka and Calgary, they're the two biggest shows we have. Um, you know, in the middle of the summer, so we're. It's, it hasn't changed the mindset whether you're doing awesome or not. You're still trying to make sure that you have the right outfits to go and that you're, you know, you're ready to go yourself and the outriders are ready, so the whole crew. And so it's it's the same every year whether you're sitting first or last. You're still trying to be in the same spot, which is number one. Uh, yesterday, I was kind of comparing where people are in the aggregate to where they are in the world. And uh, going into the show, you were chasing chance uh, to get into one of those top ten spots in the world. What do you think is going to go into getting into that? Well, it's it's uh, it's going to be a long distance haul yet. I mean, we got a lot of running left. We haven't ran that many days, so there's like I said, there's a lot of days left after this summer or after Panoka here. And I come out of here in 2019. I think it was 160 points behind the world, and I got lucky and won it the last day there of century. So I mean, the game plan stays the same. We're just going to go out, and as long as everybody stays healthy and happy, and a few of these new ones keep working like they are get a little more consistent we should be uh, at least take a run at those guys by the end but there's a lot of good outfits here again this year so it's it's going to be tough a lot of guys are going to have to really slow down not just one are you uh, leading on any person specifically uh well that outfit that's been running the last two days um lucifer and wick on the wheel and then i got a new horse susan on the right lead which is so he's got in three races now and then the left leader i took back from Cruz swing and um they they they've been really running the, the three times i've hooked them i hooked them once in dewberry together and then the twice here so i'm gonna end up leaning on them especially with calgary's crazy barrel settings that they're putting in there and dad's building them for them but they're changing everything up so how we turn how we run everything's going to change so i'll lean on them guys a little more when we get there for sure so i'm not quite sure whether it was ironic or poor timing or what exactly it was but after kurt and i did this interview on the fourth day of Pinocchio, he would proceed to miss a barrel that night dropping him out of that top spot the 2021 world champion, though, Aubrey Montewillo, would go on to win the 2022 Pinocchio Stampede Aggregate on his 50th birthday, no less. 
So Aubrey, how has this week gone for you? Uh, exceptionally well. Um, went in the aggregate in the pickup truck. Uh, we just drew the barrels to the dash. I, I got the number one barrel and just hopefully uh, the track is, is is level for everybody and we have a good clean run. The day that you won the pickup truck was your birthday, so uh, how did that feel when you found that out? Heck of a 50th birthday present, that's for sure. <laughs> what has made this week go so well for you, do you think? You know what, just the horses have ran good all year and you know, just keeping clean and, and uh, probably, probably putting the right combinations together. I've, I've run three different wheel teams and two and a half lead teams and uh, mixing and matching and, and uh, they're just working really well. You uh, went, have won the world now at Pinoca and now you're going into the dash of Pinoca. What do you think is you know the success that you have at this show? I don't know. I guess I'm the pretty much the, one of the most local guys here. I only live 45 minutes from the track and, and uh, I don't know. I've always you know, had good shows at Pinoca. I've won the, you know, I've won the Dash here before. Um, I, I don't know, I just, uh, maybe the weather, maybe it's the mud. My horse is used to mud. I'm not sure what it is. Winning the world last year with Hayden and Ethan and now going to the Dash with them, what does that mean? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just cool to complete a family unit, you know, both boys out riding for me and, uh, you know, all the help in the barns. My wife, it just, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm excited. The final dash in Pinoco was one for the books with the two wildcard drivers both in competition along with Fike and Mata Willow. At the end of the day, it would be Ross Knight that would win the Tommy Dorchester dash for cash and while he may not have won the dash, Ray Crowder Jr. left Pinoco sitting first in the world standings. After Pinoco, most drivers would either make their way to the Calgary Stampede or the North American Chuckwagon Championship. So here's the thing about the first interview I did at the Calgary Stampede to tee up the next 10 days. Well, just my luck, <laughs> the audio file corrupted, losing the entire interview. Well, the good and bad news was the interview was with Dayton, so that means I can make it up at some point down the road. I just can't make it up during Calgary because he was the demo driver, which meant his entire schedule was pretty much filled up. However, the loss of Dayton's interview meant I got to catch up with Caden Molly, who was about to ride his first ever show at the Calgary Stampede. You've been coming here for many years with your dad, but you actually get to get on the horse this year. What's that kind of like knowing that? Uh, it's a pretty good feeling actually because I always wanted to watch, obviously growing up in that, I watched dad do it, uh, Eric and Reg do it for dad here a lot of years and then they always said it was so cool, the, the grandstand full of people, there's thousands and thousands of people watching you and I can't wait for that adrenaline rush tonight. Are there any specific horses that you hope you get to ride here for your dad? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll go on leaders and hopefully both with Steven and Wings. What's so special about them? Uh, Wings is just, he throws the exact same trip every time and it, like if you mess up, like if you get penalty it's your fault and he's just a nice horse to be around and Steven, he's just Steven, 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 Steven. That, so he's just a special horse to you? Yeah, Steven's pretty cool. So coming in, we rode last year as a rookie, this year you've rode half a season and now you 
are coming into your rookie show at Calgary, but you're not a rookie. So do you feel more confident knowing that, you know, you've had a few trips under your belt and you've already done one season worth of shows? Yeah, yes and no. It's a, uh, it, I just couldn't see Calgary like any other show. Because then that's when you get, like, once you start worrying about, like, how many people are watching, that's when mistakes happen. And mistakes do happen, but we're going to try and do our best to stay clean and see how it works. And hopefully we get a good show coming into Calgary, but hopefully it'll be good. After the first horn went on day one of the Calgary Stampede, all the debate, the talk, everything that led up to the show disappeared, and it all came back down to leaving it on the track. Day one of the Stampede saw Darcy Flad take home his first career day money. It also saw, for the first time since 2019, some of the WPCA and CPCA drivers competing against each other. And we're here with Danny Ringette. How are you doing today, Danny? I'm good. It's a nice day. There's not a cloud in the sky. Couldn't be better. It's going to be a nice night of racing, nice and warm. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully no rain. <laughs> Fingers crossed, but yeah. it's Calgary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's been three years since we've been back in Calgary. How did it feel last night getting back on the track? Oh, it's great. You know, anytime you can get on this track, it's a great feeling. But uh, we we had a season last year, but to get back to Calgary, where where we all want to be, uh, is a pretty good feeling. So uh, it was a great first day, great racing, and uh, hopefully, we have nine more days of the same thing. You have a pretty strong core group of horses, especially when it comes to your lead team. Like your leaders seem to be really strong for you. What is so special about your leaders? Uh, that's your steering. Uh, I have uh, some pretty dependable horses on the lead. I got my old left leader. That's a pretty nice horse, and he's with a second-year horse this year. But uh, it's it's uh, it's finding that right horse. Um, everybody gets lucky once in a while, but uh, you know, it's just you need, you need four good horses to to make a good outfit anyway. So it's not just on the leaders; it's on the wheelers too, right? So in Calgary, uh, you have a few different outriders than you usually have back home. Um, what is what goes into picking those outriders? Uh, honestly, it's whoever called first. <laughs> um, no, they're. The boys in the world are uh, pretty good. They're all you could you could probably pick from ten of them, and they'd all be pretty good. So uh, I got, I got Ethan and uh, Trey, so I got pretty lucky there. So they're doing a good job. So hopefully that keeps up for nine days. Now night two would see the first of three day money runs that Chad Fike would make during his stampede this year. When we talked to Fike, there were four horses that again would come up in conversation. What has the first two nights at Calgary or being back at Calgary been like? Uh, it's been good. Uh, we run our three, four barrel outfit there the first night and I hooked them just to tuck and follow those other two. They're fast. I knew if I could be on the stove racks, I guess, at the finish line, we'd, uh, we'd be okay in the standings and that outfit did what they needed to do. And then uh, we went with the, the outfit that's run, running pretty big for us all year off the one barrel and, and uh, they proved to be consistent and did it again for us last night. So it's good. What makes them consistent? Is it the barrel turn? Is it the run in the back stretch? Is it the home stretch? What is it that um, makes it? Uh, this outfit kind of does it all. I uh, I got a third outfit that I run day money with in Pinocchio the last night there, but they're more of a running outfit. Um, this outfit here, they'll start barrel and, and then they run the whole way too. So I've never had an outfit that, that does all three of those things and they seem to do it all. 
That first night you uh, ran the outfit with a horse named Flag, who this season seems to have gotten quite a bit of love and attention. Um, what's so special about him? Yeah, uh, I most people probably seen wife's Facebook post on him. Um, he was going down a different career path and he, we happened to, to find him at the auction mart there and got him and, and he's loving his new job and, and he's excelling at it. So we're pretty, pretty happy with him and, and how his life turned around. Outriding is a big thing, especially in Calgary. You need to be consistent, penalty-free, and outriders go into that. Um, you have two outriders who seem to be very good for you. Um, how have they played in your success so far? Yeah, my confidence in them is uh, second to none. They, I don't ever have to worry about them. Uh, Ethan Holt's lead team traded a few nights there in uh, Pinocchio as well. but. I know when I pull into the barrels, Ethan's going to have them set uh, set perfect, and, and I never have to worry about Trey behind. I know he's going to get the job done. So I got two of the best guys going, so I'm pretty fortunate to, to have that. You have a sponsor that's kind of iconic to Calgary, uh, at least for me. I remember them always being here. Uh, what has it been like working with Shaw? Yeah, it's been great. Um, they've been sponsoring a wagon here at Calgary Stampede since 1983. So I would say just looking around here, they're the longest supporting canvas going. So. Um, pretty, pretty grateful and, and proud to, to hopefully do well for them throughout the week and uh, uh, they were pretty excited last night too. So there was a theme this year at Calgary for a couple of interviews and that was it being the first Calgary Stampede for a couple of outriders. And they got to share that experience by outriding for their dads. The trend started with Kate and Molly and continued over to the Mottawillow Barn with the 2021 world champion outrider Hayden Mottawillow. But this time, before we talked to Hayden, we talked to his dad, Aubrey. Driving and having both my boys outright for me is, is kind of special. Yeah, this is Hayden's first year uh, at the Calgary Stampede. Uh, any conversations heading into Stampede about just stay calm, cool, collected, it's just another show? Yeah, no, no, no talks at all. I, I know the boys are just, let's get it done. Absolutely. What horses are you kind of leaning on going into the show? A few, and actually tonight, uh, uh, a big wheeler monster debuts. He's never been in a wagon race yet, and uh, he's going to be on my right wheel. Well, that's exciting. Yes. And where did you get him from? Uh, he come from the north, from Eric Trombley. His brother raced him on the chariot a few times up in the north, and uh, I got him this spring. And it just took me a while to kind of get him, you know, to fit in. And, and now it seems like. Well, I guess we'll see tonight if he fits in or not. Fingers crossed for that. You bet. In 2019, I mentioned this yesterday, you only had one top 10 run, but then 2021, you came in and you won the world. You've done really well so far this year. Uh, what is the big difference from 2019 to now? Well, even 2018, 27, 2017, I had a bit of a wreck with my wagon and my right wagon wasn't towing right. That was my, my biggest prob problem from 18 and 19. Uh, after the Calgary Stampede in, in uh, 19, uh, I went and picked up Jim Knight's wagon and it was like it was like I wasn't pulling anything. The horses were running probably three seconds faster by the end of the year. Uh, the wagon was, was uh, out of line, totally out of line. It was like pulling a plow. So the equipment really is part of you know what makes a team a team absolutely i knew i had the horsepower hooked onto it and i just i couldn't figure out why i wasn't getting the runs until uh i borrowed a couple horses off of chris molly he day mining with them i hooked them to my wagon i believe we were 29th the three barrels uh it's a little bit of a different setup here uh, especially adding in the safety part around the track um what has it been like you know running it 
Well, we ran it the first night, and then you know I did take a practice run on it. As for those foam markers, the horses don't bat an eye at them on them. You know, it's it's you know, just a wagon race. Uh, yeah, racing three. I guess that's what it has to be. That's what it has to be. It's not as exciting as four in my books, but. Uh, Are you finding the barrels here. easier or harder with it only being three? Uh, I don't think the barrels are much different. No. No, I haven't turned the one barrel yet, but by the looks of it, they're they're um, yeah, it's pretty much a two, three, four set, and and uh, something we're used to turning. And we're here with Hayden Mottawillo. How are you doing today, Hayden? Not too bad. Yourself? Pretty good. Uh, how's how was the first night? Uh, it was good. I've uh, I've been here around the barns pretty much all the years that Dad's raced here, and now to be you know a part of it racing here, it's, it's it was good. It's really cool. You've probably seen you know everybody back in the outrider pen as you were growing up and that, and I mean you know the camaraderie that comes with that. What has it been like being a part of that here? Uh, it's it's good. I mean I think everyone's dreamed of of you know outriding and alone and then now racing here in Calgary you know it's big it's one of the biggest if not the biggest so yeah it's really cool um, you know getting uh, to race along with uh, Ethan and, and my dad it's it's good. Last year you won uh, the World Outriding Championship or you were the World Outrider um, how did that feel? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was good um, you know it was one, one of the biggest or whatever to, to the war to win outriding and you know I was lucky to do it in such an early, early part in my career, and you know it was, it was, it was cool, really good. What do you think uh, you're kind of looking forward to the next few days? Um, hopefully, we can run clean and just just keep doing my job. Um, you know, I just kind of shake everything aside and, and make sure I get my job done. Uh, are there any horses you prefer to ride on? Um, yeah, I mean, there's some horses I like, and you know, but uh, at the end of the day, just. I think every horse is, is good, and as long as you're getting your job done, you'll be all right. All right, last question. Have you tried any midway food? I have not, no. I haven't even been up there this year, so. <laughs> if you were to try one, what would you try? I don't know. Maybe maybe some, like, popcorn or ice cream or something. I don't know. It's pretty hot, so probably that. There's a mac and cheese ice cream. Yeah, I wouldn't be trying that, <laughs> I don't think. And with that, we are halfway through the season. Lane McGilvery was sitting first in the aggregate standings at the Calgary Stampede, ahead of Kurt Benzmiller and Chad Fike. And there you go. Five shows and five days broken down into 20 interviews in just around an hour. Now, the next episode, we'll look at the last five days of the Calgary Stampede, along with the last half of the WPCA Tour. Want to get caught up on all the After the Ninth Race Review action? Be sure to check out AfterTheNinth.com. Now stay tuned for the next episode of Women of the Wagons here in a couple weeks. And we want to thank Lamley's Western Wear for being the official Western Wear provider for After the Ninth. Lamley's has the best selection for Western Wear out there. My wallet may have cried a little bit over my shopping this summer. Just possibly. But from boots to jeans, tops, hats, accessories, and more, be sure to check them out in store or online to live your own West. And with that, I'm Cass Patterson. He's got that wagon in full flight. Here's the wire! But that's a day in the country.